Hi, welcome back to YA Media, New Milford Youth Agency's media production podcast. We're your hosts, Dylan Thomas and Fiera Lynch. Today's guest is Ian Hockley, the founder of Dylan's Wings to Change Charity and the Wingman Project. Nice to meet you. Hi, how you doing? Hi. Good. I noticed you have an accent. Where is that from? Yeah, uh, my accent's from England. That's where I spent the first 40 years of my life before moving over to America. So Ian, why did you move to America? <laughs> it was kind of a family plan for many years. Um, Nicole, my wife, was American. We met at college in England. So it was always a distant dream to move back over. And that dream came true in 2011 when my company, IBM, moved us over here. And it was kind of like coming home because uh, Jake's birthday is also the 4th of July. Uh, what better place to, to grow up than uh, in America? You're going to see a bunch of fireworks on your birthday. Every <laughs> single year. <laughs> so cute. Um, can you tell our audience about Dylan's Wings of Change and the Wingman Project that you started? Sure. Um, you know, we moved here in the winter of 2011, and it was to start a new life, right? Uh, the boys were in first, and actually they were younger than that. They were in kindergarten and uh, second grade at the time. Um, and we moved to the beautiful town of Sandy Hook. Um, and everything was going great until December 14th, 2012, uh, and the shooting at the school that killed 20 first graders and six educators. And our first grade son, Dylan, was, was one of the first graders that was killed. That was a very tragic incident that happened when I was in third grade at the time. Yeah, I was in fourth. It was it was a terrible day. And, you know, the, the ripples of that, you know, spread out, I think, are still spreading out. People of, of, of your age, of high school age, really still remember that and all the adults you talk to still will. So we started Dylan's Wings of Change uh, as a small charity dedicated to his memory. And we used the tens of thousands of dollars that have been donated into a fund set up. And our first mission and project for the first couple of years was to, we were donating that money on to help other organizations do their mission. So that was that was the first stage. Um, Wingman came later on. Yeah. Would you like to mention your charity, like the website name or anything? Yeah, thank you. Uh, org. Yeah, Dylan is D-Y-L-A-N. Mine's spelled D-I-L-L-O-N. There you go. <laughs> the Irish. <laughs> so why did you start the Wingman program? So after a couple of years and we've been making grants to other organizations, I was introduced to a couple of uh, athletics coaches over Middlebury, not far from here. And they showed us how through simple games and activities, they bonded the kids in their athletics program into just a super tight-knit family. We created a program for that, hoping we could replicate it and, and spread it out. Um, but we just saw the connection that the kids had. And we called it wingman, like in the spirit of the Air Force. The wingman is the pilot that's got your back. It's looking out and keeping you safe. We wanted the kids in the program to feel that way about each other. They had a duty to, to look after each other. So that was the start of the program. Mm -hmm. Then a local school heard about it. And we started to run it in the school. But it's very difficult to start a new program in a school because the teachers, their nine-to-five job is full of just helping kids and kids and teaching the academics. Yeah. But we actually went to New Fairfield, not so far from here at all, and we started the program there with the students leading the program. So the students become the leaders out in classrooms, running team bonding, trust building activities that help the kids, you know, break down these natural barriers. Like, I don't know who you are, you don't know me, but slowly they break those barriers down, they start to connect and bond. And that was the real start of the Wingman program back in 2015. 
Yeah, today, for example, it was called Wingman Wednesday at our school, and we had um, the leaders like run programs with like kids from alternate ages. And I took a couple notes from class today, and it was like we use like dominoes to interact with new people, and like matching dominoes, and like creating several questions, and like for people that we didn't know. And it was really unique and cool. This program, you know, Wingman falls into this, uh, what uh, now we call social and emotional learning. And schools are really wanting to implement these programs to help, you know, as we help everybody in the school feel more connected mm -hmm. and safer, then everything is going to work better. People will be more inclined to come to school. You may get better behavior and everybody can focus on their academics. And what we realized was there's many different ways to teach social emotional learning but what a better way than having people interact with each other you know moving around engaging talking sharing you know rather than maybe a worksheet where we're talking about our emotions what if we were actually up and around and engaging in activities and that became the bedrock of the program and developed over uh, these past four years what you're doing is super special because you're one of the first high schools in the country to be part of the program. Up until today, it's mostly been elementary and middle schools. So it's really great to see that this works for people of your age. Yeah. Can you explain like what is social and emotional learning and like what does it look like? Absolutely. If you think about uh, our development as humans, you have your physical, which might be sports and exercise, mm -hmm. academic, um, which is learning all the subjects. And then social, emotional, and maybe psychological is, is everything else. What makes us tick? Um, so our ability to interact with each other, ability to self-regulate ourselves, our ability to make connections with other people. And uh, traditionally, uh, through maybe the 80s and 90s and, 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 and years ago, schools haven't focused on it because it's been all about the testing, the scores. And there's a big realization in education that we can get back into social emotional learning in schools and help create a better, safer atmosphere. And the fact that your school has recognized that and they're using Wingman as their vehicle to do it. Other schools use uh, different programs. Why do you think that social and emotional learning is important? Like now that we're segueing into high school, why is it important in the high school? Yeah, great question. I mean, um, if you think about your, your journey through your life and an elementary school where you're really just learning about the world and learning how to learn, as you get into middle school, you're suddenly realizing that you're an individual and you're developing very rapidly. And as you get into high school, it's almost like I'm almost an adult now and I can see the outside world coming, be it college or a job or whatever I want to do next. So middle and high school, you're in a tumultuous phase of life. And Rather than go through that alone, what if you went through that with a community of people that understood each other, actually said, we're all in this together, so why don't we help each other through this? Again, not naturally easy in this world we're in, where social media and all that stuff is just allows us to hide and be hidden. What if something through Wingman or other programs allowed us to be visible and accept each other for who we are? I mean, if we want to talk about the dark side of this, it's social isolation and exclusion. People who are ending up in really dark places, they're hurting themselves, they're hurting each other because they feel they don't fit in, they feel they're not understood, and they get angry. Mm -hmm. Wingman is an attempt to rebuild those connections between people, definitely your age, but I gotta say, we're doing Wingman for adults now because adults need social-emotional learning. 
So let's rebuild those connections and build that safety network for every kid in the school. So what exactly is the ultimate goal of this program? Really, the ultimate goal is to foster empathy. If you think of empathy as that emotion that means we can see another person's pain, we can recognize it, maybe we've felt it, but then also add in the courage to reach out to that person and say, you know, I, I, I know what you're going through. I can see your pain. I'm here to help you. And, and so if we foster that empathy, that will really connect with those people who seem lost and isolated and think they have nowhere to go because we'll create the person that wants to reach out. And if you think empathy is like one of the highest emotions, and I don't feel you can teach it, like you're not going to read a book. Empathy has to grow inside you. And actually the first steps towards empathy, if it's a journey, is kindness and respect and generosity and gratitude. That's why we work on them so much uh, with everybody at every level. But as you work through it, we're getting into resilience and perseverance and hope and compassion. And then you get empathy. So it's it's something that has has to grow. And that's why, you know, Wingman is a journey that we have from K to 12. So what does Wingman do exactly to help students like get to being empathetic with their other peers? Right. You know, it starts with get to know you. You know, we if I, if I think of my school years with a school with, you know, a couple of thousand kids in, you don't see half the people. They're just faces in corridors. So to start with the get to know you, get to see each other, and then the activities get a bit deeper and it gets to get to trust you. Because once I start to trust you and I know that my secrets are safe with you and I'll tell you yours are safe with me, I can be a little more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And when I can be vulnerable, I can be genuine about who I am. And you can too. Then the activities, we can throw in fun, the really fun, exciting stuff comes when we can throw in challenge activities. So people are really forced to rely on each other to succeed in a goal. And when we do that, we suddenly see each other in a whole new light. Like I can talk about how you helped me achieve what I needed or how good I felt to be able to help you. That's where the empathy comes from. But it's carefully sequenced. We don't throw that in at the start because everybody's too reserved, too guarded. We have to carefully move through it. It may take weeks, months. It could take a couple of years. But that's also how long it takes to bring change. You mentioned earlier that you're trying to also get adults involved with the program to like learn about social and emotional learning. Are you doing anything with the teachers at schools as well? Yes, we are. Yeah, we have like a version of the program uh, where one of our trainers will come in and work with a group of teachers or maybe principals uh, and superintendents. Um, I actually have been looking into uh, Google, that company we all know, ran a big study, Project Aristotle, to find out why teams work. And the number one reason why teams are successful is not about who's on it and their skills. It's if the people feel safe. It's called psychological safety. And if they feel safe to be there, think about your, your own, you know, your own time at school. When you feel safe and comfortable to be in the room, you can be your best self. So that's what we're focusing on with the adults. So with the activities that you did with teachers, how is that important for student teacher relationships? You know, the teachers care for you all so much. And they see your struggles, but we also have to appreciate that teachers are humans and have their own struggles. And so when we all bring our own problems into the space, it can be hard to help each other. So if they're experiencing the same sort of 
sort of support or help within their teacher community to be able to build their connectivity with each other. So realize that they have a wingman and someone supporting them. You've got a common language in the building and everybody can look at each other and say, well, I know you do wingman, we do wingman. We, 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 can, we can relate to each other. So how exactly do the um, student leaders at the school um, get chosen for a wingman? How did they? The school had an application process. Uh, you could write in and apply to be a leader, and they had to choose. And they had to select down, I think, 350 people applied, which is phenomenal. Um, and this is just the first round. And we call them leaders because that's a super cool word. But really, they're just a facilitator. They're in there helping lead an activity, help the group through an experience. But they're not experts. They're not the boss. Their job is just to help build the community and bring more and more people on board. And, you know, we'll be back next year and we'll be training many more leaders um, and until everybody in the school feels part of this thing. So what does the training look like for your student facilitators? The training itself is almost like an intensive wingman journey for them. They spend the whole two days doing activities that really will form part of the program. So they were sharing with dominoes, just the same as you were looking at quotes and talking about themselves. But it's carefully sequenced over two days. So they really very quickly and intensely bond with each other. Like you see any given school in the program. And at the start of day one, everybody sat with their arms folded and they're sizing each other up. But through the activities, the barriers come down and they get to know each other. And by the end of that first day, hugging each other they're cheering they're working together and then that just continues through the second day when suddenly they take over and the trainer gives them the activity and they lead it themselves yeah like today um one thing that stood out to me was towards the end of the like session that we had today it was like an hour long we had to create handshake with people that like we didn't really know well so it was a good way to like bond with them and like get to know them better and feel more comfortable yeah, and that's just, that's intro level. It, it will build through the rest of this year and in future years. It's not like a do it once, okay, we're done now, we're all wingmen. It's going to be something that will evolve with the school. And the best thing, it, it's now your program. What you do with it is up to you. Um, and if you remember when I came in and we had the chance to all meet and talk in the auditorium, there's 25,000 kids a part of this thing now. And it's it doesn't feel like a program anymore. We hope it actually starts to feel like a movement. Mm. So how is that evolution going to look like from the beginning to like getting really into it? I think as, as everybody finds their own um, comfort level. So even after today with the simple handshakes, you'll have some people that are all about it and all into it and some that are still working this out or that isn't cool. We understand it. Everybody's different. You'll see it change when everybody starts to find their comfort zone within it. You you may not have seen it, but nobody's forced to do the activities. It's not like a class where you'll be tested at the end. Everybody engages at their own pace. Um, so as you see more and more people really fully engaging, you know the program's starting to bed in. In the beginning, um, we talked a little bit about your son, Dylan. So tell us more about his story. You know, we only had Dylan for seven short years. Um, and we have so many happy memories. Um, he loved the color purple. He'd come home from preschool with a big sheet of paper covered in purple blobs. 
he was fascinated by the moon because it would change shape and he didn't know why that would happen. Um, he was very shy. Dylan communicated in his own way. His speech development was, was different to other kids and that could leave him left out. Unless there was a really special kid that would take the time to switch gears to the way Dylan wanted to communicate. And that really is like the essence of a wingman, someone who's prepared to look at what you need and help you get, you know, help you get. And, and when that would happen, you know, he'd get, you know, as much out of life as anyone else. He, he just wanted to be happy. So you said your son's favorite color is purple, and there's kid, been kids around school wearing purple shirts with a butterfly logo on it. Do you, would you like to explain the butterfly logo? Yeah, the butterfly is really important to the foundation. Um, Forsyth really is our memory of Dylan. When he was um, about five years old, so, so Dylan was, a, I'm going to start my bit again. Okay. Yeah. So the butterfly is really important to the foundation and the program. Uh, Dylan was what they call a flapper. When he got really excited, he would jump up and down and flap his arms. And one day his mom asked him, Dylan, why do you flap? Now, because I mentioned he struggled to, to communicate or he communicated differently, she wasn't sure what he was going to say. But he said, Mommy, I'm a beautiful butterfly. And that stuck with us. But the butterfly is a symbol of change. The, the caterpillar goes through this amazing transformation and, and transforms into this beautiful, fragile, but, but strong um, insect that can fly from New England to Mexico every year. And our program is about change. It's about social change. So we took the butterfly as a symbol to both remember Dylan, but also to talk about what we want to do. And this butterfly is a real superhero symbol as well. So what is the significance of the butterfly effect that you talked about with your program? So um, the butterfly effect is actually something in chaos theory. They describe that many small impacts can have a massive change in a system. But if you think about it more poetically, the butterfly flaps its wings, can cause a hurricane on the other side of the world. What it really means is you only need small changes multiplied across a whole group of people and you'll have a massive impact. So if we're talking about a small and a school and its community, then what if everybody just decided, you know, today I'm going to help someone else out. Just that one small thing, but magnified over 1300 students the change would be incredibly huge. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of representing like what is going on with like the Wingman pro project specifically too. So you have another son, Jake. How is he doing with everything? Jake was a third grader on the day of the shooting. He was in Sandy Hook School and he's been on quite a journey himself. He's now a sophomore at Newtown High School and he's just a wonderful human being. He just came back from an eight-day... Um, exchange program in India, where he got to work in an orphanage uh, and experience so many things of a culture over there. Um, and I just think he has a wonderful heart. He's been through so much um, and probably still processing it in a way that us as adults and parents would struggle to understand. But it's been fantastic to see him grow up and always makes me sad to think how his brother would have turned out. But just knowing we all remember Dylan um, and, and we talk about him as well, which is also wonderful to be able to have those conversations with Jake about the, the, the brothers no longer with us. We heard that the kids after school are getting involved with the wingman program. Would you like to mention anything about that? 
Yes, this is a, a, an exciting development for New Milford and will be a first for the Wingman program. I got to meet Brian at the high school as the uh, training was going on uh, for the students there and we started talking about how would Wingman work in an after-school environment. So we're just working on the planning right now, but this will mean that those Wingman activities will be available for the kids that come to the after-school programs led by the high school mentors. So what's next for Wingman? The future's looking really exciting, you know, as well as working in New Milford, getting the high school program going, the after school. We had started a part of the program just for dance studios um, and 300 dance studios in uh, four different countries had enrolled in that. We're taking that program and we're making it applicable for any youth organization. So you might be in cheer, uh, in a gymnastics program, soccer, football, baseball, and making it available so that the coaches and the instructors can run these social and emotional learning. In fact, don't call it that. Call it team bonding. You know, what team doesn't need to bond and work with each other and, and, and play better with each other? So that program will be launch, launching in the spring, and that'll be available worldwide, not just nationwide. So that's a, a great new thing. And then we're just looking to welcome more schools into the movement. You know, we're growing slowly and thoughtfully. There's 52 schools uh, as part of it today across the tri-state area. And we just want to see that gently grow and, and the movement build. So as this podcast is coming to an end, is there any questions you would like to ask us? I would actually just like to make a request. Um, could I come back in a year's time um, and you tell me all about everything that is going on in Wingman, the things you have seen change in your community and how you've used this program to make New Milford a better place for everybody? I think that's a great idea. What's it? the date? <laughs> Actually, what is the date? Is it the 27th? 26th. February 26th, 2021. <laughs> that's what we're going to be doing. So how exactly can people find more about you and the Wingman program? Sure. Um, go on social media. If people use Facebook, we have a couple of pages there. Dylan's Wings of Change is, is one. And we're on Instagram. So we just post things that are going on. We share stories of success and wonderful things that are happening. And we show what's happening uh, in the schools and the dance studios and sports club that are part of the program. So that, that's the best way to find it and connect and send us messages and get involved. So there have been a lot of programs that have been started since Sandy Hook. So are you working closely with them? We each have our individual programs and so many of them are de devoted to kids with scholarships and programs to build community. But a lovely thing we're doing this spring, uh, four of us are headed up for a big fundraising race at Ragnar Relay at Cape Cod. Um, and instead of all going individually, we're combining all our runners onto about half a dozen teams. So we'll be running together, fundraising for our own charities, but we're going up as a community uh, and we're calling ourselves the Newtown All-Stars. That's so nice. Thank you so much for being here, Ian. We really enjoyed talking you. to you. Thank you for having <laughs> me here. We're looking forward to collaborating with you next year, and we'll make sure to keep you updated on the after-school program. Make sure to check out the link in the description for more information about Dings, Wings, and Change and how you could help out.